Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. Back for yet another episode, episode 40 of Hollywood and Levine. Hello, I'm Ken Levine, your podcast host. This is part two of our two-part interview with David Goodman. If you missed part one, go back and listen to it after you listen to this. It's really fascinating. He talked a lot about Family Guy and Star Trek, Golden Girls. Like I said, really one of my favorite episodes. And so is this one. David Goodman is the new president of the Writers Guild of America. And so I figured this time, let's talk a little bit about the state of the industry. Let's talk about the strike that didn't happen this year and why. Also, let's go back to 2007 and talk about the strike that did happen, that rather lengthy strike, and whether it was worth it. We'll talk about what gains the Writers Guild got as a result of that. Also, some of the issues that David Goodman will be wrestling with including paper partners. You'll find out what that's all about. Also, what the Guild is doing about diversity, the changing industry, writers' quotes, Guild programs for members and Guild programs for non-members. A lot of really good, informative, interesting stuff. Part two with my interview with the president of the Writers Guild, David Goodman, starts right now. Hollywood and the fine. Congratulations, I voted for you. Oh, thank you. You you are now the new president of the Writers Guild. Because of your vote. Because of my, you you won by one vote. One vote. Well, actually, no one ran against me. That was the other other advantage I had. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, me and the Russians. So um, what (laughs) what are some of the issues going forward that you are looking towards and what is your agenda? Well, it's interesting. We we learned a lot this year, I think, uh, from the members that the members we had this we had this negotiation this year and there was a big lead up to this negotiation, a big organizing lead up where we were educating the members to the fact that there were issues that we wanted to take on in this negotiation. Uh, that we'd never really taken on before. The idea of these short seasons that are affecting writers who are writing for 10-episode orders and that their their money is getting spread out over such a long period of time. that Plus they're being held, so being held. they can't work for another right. six, eight months yes. until Amazon or whoever decides to pick up the show right. again. Right, and and what we've done, we've done, we were able to do something to address, to begin to address those things, we've not in any way solved those problems, but we've begun to address them. And what we learned was that this membership w- was willing to back its leadership with a with a very strong message, and that message was the strike authorization vote. Ninety six point three percent of our members voted in favor of giving the leadership the power to call a strike if we felt it was necessary, and. There was an overwhelming turnout uh, for that vote, 
And I think what that tells us is two things. One, our members are suffering. There's a lot of members who aren't uh, having a career that's easy to sustain, that they're not earning money in the same way that, let's say, you and I did when we started out, Mm -hmm. uh, where uh, you really... You really could have some comfort. You really could have some sense that your income would grow and you could buy a house. And given a certain amount of career longevity, you could make decisions that allowed you to continue in this career. So a lot of our members are not having that career anymore, yet the companies are making more profit than they've ever made. So we learned, one, our members are suffering, and two, that they're – that they have solidarity with their union, that they see that the guild is a is a place where maybe some of these problems can be solved. So we didn't go on strike this year um, for a number of reasons that I won't get into. I think that it was the right strategic decision not to do that, but people might disagree. But I think what we learned also was that strike is is not something that we can be afraid of. We can't be afraid of of talking about the possibility of going on strike. The 2007 strike, uh, there was a feeling among a portion of the membership that it was a failure, that that it would cause too much pain and we didn't get anything out of it. And what we've begun to do is re-educate our members and the and the town to the fact that it was actually an objective success, that we got coverage of the internet and that, and that, that all these streaming shows didn't exist in 2007. Right. And now 15% of our membership works on those shows and mm-hmm. it's growing. And the streaming residual is our fastest growing residual. And so we need, we need our members – and the companies understand that we recognize this is our greatest piece of leverage, the ability to go on strike. Now, having said that, I don't know what the landscape's going to be in three years. I don't know what, what uh, how, you know, things may change again in, in a really significant way. But I think it's important for us to recognize our most important weapon is our ability to go on strike. And we learned that this year because we got major concessions on issues that the companies had no intention of giving us when they went into negotiation. Uh, but they, they were worried about us going out on strike. And so they started to address these things. So there's now a limit on short seasons. There's now a limit on, on the options that hold these writers. We now for the first time have, uh, have a, a family leave, uh, um, a, a provision in the MBA. It's mm-hmm. not paid, and I don't know how much it will help people, but it's a beginning. Um, and then, of course, our health and pension is is uh, is solid again. Is is and that, and that also is a very always an important piece of negotiation. But the, so those are those are sort of, that's sort of the landscape. Where we will be in three years, I don't know. So the so the issue is going. Nobody does, right. and that's really right. the problem because you know you are negotiating a future. I mean, just think back that you know a number of years ago, it was DVD sales. Right, that was right. the key right. is to get in on DVD <laughs> sales. Nope, and now <laughs> DVD sales right. mean. You know, practically nothing. Right. So who knows how yes. the system is going to work? Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that there has been this sort of downward pressure on writer quotes 
over the years in both TV and movies. So that's that's a that's something we have to look at because writers are are that's one of the reasons writers aren't earning what they used to earn. That they're, they're, the the idea that you have a quote is something that's kind of gone away. Uh, people people don't. Uh, Get the increases they used to. They don't. They and in fact, they have to take pay cuts sometimes, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times. And so, so that that's uh, that's something I want to look at. Now, there's an issue called paper partners, paper teaming, yeah. paper teaming. And basically, what this is is a show is looking for an entry level baby writer, and so instead of just hiring one person one person who wrote a great spec script or maybe an assistant who has really earned the right to move up. What they will do is they will take two people and they will say, you're now a partnership and each makes 50% as a result. I mean, it's one thing like you and your partner and me and my partner, we went in as a team team, and we knew going in, yeah, we're each making 50%, but at the end of the day, we feel it's worth it for our careers in the long run right. to be a partnership. But in this case, they'll just take two people and put them together. And I know of a couple of people who were full-time on a show and didn't make enough to qualify for, for the yeah. health insurance. And the thing that really bothers me the most about this is that there are writers involved. There are showrunners who allow this to happen. Yeah. I mean, you expect the studios right. to screw you over, <laughs> you know, but not not other writors. Is, is a, the it, guild dealing with this? Yeah, at all? no, this is something we've been talking about for a long time, and we've we've made inroads to to our showrunners to to educate them not to do this. It, it's a tough situation. Uh, but you're absolutely right. It, it, it's not something that that showrunners should should uh, facilitate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is writers hurting other writers that way. Right. Um, the the pressure that the showrunners face just to be just to play devil's advocate for why this is happening right. is is the same thing that's happening on all these shows is that there's less money for the writer budget. You're doing a comedy. You need bodies in the room, and you're sort of and the studio is saying to you, you know, we're you know hire a team or but we're not going to give you another spot. And so, but that's that that shouldn't be the the showrunner should should feel um, should on the should also should stand up. Those writers who are being paper teamed should contact the guild and let the guild be the bad guy. But but you have to you the, the all the things that are going on there we can't ignore what's going on in all those in all, in this whole situation because you have these two writers who are looking for their break they want to be on a staff sure and they're they're saying well this is your only way and so is that writer going to risk pissing off the showrunner by contacting the guild right is this showrunner going to risk pissing off his studio on a budget concern by contacting the guild and so th- this is why communication of those members is so important because the writers who do stand up and say, I'm not doing this, you know, some of them don't get the extra money and some of them do. Um, but but this is this is the issue. These these are the difficulties of the writers' yeah, guilt issues. Yeah. It's tricky because because we it's important for you to relate to those writers 
in those situations and and have them and understand um, why they're doing this thing that that is really hurting writers. Mm-hmm. And, and but you've got to get in there. You've got to get in there and communicate and try to do your best to put a stop to it. I mean, you probably had the same thing when you were starting out that David and I felt that one of the advantages of hiring us is you get two for one. Right. <laughs> no. No, I well, to me the advantage for me was I always had somebody to talk to. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. you know, I trusted Rick. Uh I trusted his comedic instincts. I trusted his uh take on personal situations when we were in you know, you were dealing with other writers and I just think I, my career I would have self-destructed really fast without somebody to talk to who was in the same boat as me. Right. And if your car is broken, there's always somebody to pick you exactly up. Exactly right. Mechanic. You, got, you got like you're married before you're married. It's worth 50%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it was, it was tough in those first couple of years. I ran out of money every year for the first two or three years I was on staff. I ran, would run out of money in hiatus and I didn't know I could go on unemployment. So I literally would, <laughs> would run out of money waiting for the season to start again. See, and my agent told me that. And uh, then that, that was the greatest thing that I got from my agent in those days. Yeah, right. you can go on unemployment. Yeah, I, I, and I, when I found that out, that was really, oh, that, that's really helpful. <laughs> um, you feel so lucky to be a TV writer, it's hard to, and that you're going to probably be going back to a job that you, the idea that you're on unemployment doesn't seem right, but you paid into it, so. Right. Um, Let's talk a moment about diversity, because I know that the Guild is trying to increase diversity. How's that going, and and, and how can you go about that? Well, I mean... Diversity is a you know it's a it's a big stain on our on our business. I mean, what women and people of color have to go through to get a job as a writer. I mean, it, it it's terrible. Uh, every story I hear is just 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 awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, what can the the question? What can the girls do do about it? Not much. Uh, I think that the the issue is we can the the, the thing that we need to do. That, that we've begun to do is, again, it's sort of the same issue as with the paper teams. We need to be talking to our showrunners, the showrunners who are making these hiring decisions. That's really where any of our leverage on this issue lay. And then we can be a bully pulpit for the industry ourselves and saying, we, let's get out there. And But we're not doing most of the hiring. I mean, the, the showrunners do hiring. But if you, you've been a showrunner and you know that they're that, – that the studio was very involved in that decision. The, 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 I was on a show, uh, I was running a show, uh, and I wanted a woman, there was a woman, specific woman writer that I wanted, and I had a fight to get her. And then, and then I was told, oh, the network is, wants to make sure you hire certain people, we're a little skittish about your staff. I'm like, all right, who do you want me to hire? And they gave me a list of guys. You know, the, the, and, and, and the idea that the showrunners all alone in this decision, yes, showrunners are, be, showrunners are definitely a part of this, and we need to be educating them better about uh, the, the, the advantages of diversity, the advantages of hiring uh, people of color and women and older writers and, uh, and uh, 
I, I, I'm always worried I'm going to get the LGBTQ writers and, <laughs> and, and you know, that there, that there are story and comedy advantages to hiring these people. Sure. Uh, that, that, that education has to be a little more aggressive where definitely the guild can be a little more aggressive in that outreach. Um, but this is also at the studios. This is, so this is also at like, uh, networks and studios who have lists of writers with credits, and unfortunately, the list of writers with credits on those approved lists for pilots and for staffing are still mostly white guys, and they they take comfort in that in those resumes, and that hurts uh, people of color and women, and and. Then, in terms of breaking into the business, and I think this is changing, but it's changing slowly, is the studios and networks weren't looking to those areas enough uh, for new writers. And now I think that they've, they're they instituting their own programs to, to do that. But again, too slow. But most of what the Guild can do is talking to our showrunners and, and doing a little bit more aggressive education of our showrunners. But we can't get people jobs. Uh, because if you get, if I give, if I try to get Ken Levine a job, that means I'm not helping David Goodman get a job. And our our job as the guild is to protect the rights of all the writers in the guild, and and we can't help new writers get in the guild. That that's that's again not not the guild's job. So what can we do in our very sort of limited? Uh, uh, authority in this field, and it really is just mostly talking aggressively, educating aggressively to our members. Talk a little bit about some of the services that the Writers Guild provides the public, like the foundation, and there are, um, you know, there there are wonderful panel discussions mm-hmm. um, that the Writers Guild offers. There's the Writers Guild Library, which is just such a, a wonderful. Resource. You're naming everything. What do I? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the foundation is separate. The foundation is separate, and they they this is actually separate from the guild, and but it's obviously connected, and and it does has amazing programs for veterans and for uh, uh, so many great panels, as you said. Um, the the stuff that the guild offers is really for the members, but that library is a great resource for the members. You can go read you know, scripts from your favorite screenwriters. And there's, there's always that learning process of reading. There's, there's uh, diversity committees, you know, the, uh, the uh, women's writers committee, uh, African-American writers committee, Latino writers committee. These, these committees really do a lot of uh, uh, work to help members um, manage their careers, change their careers. And you're getting, and then there's the mentor, uh, program where new writers get a mentor, which is, I think, a really useful. If you've never done it, you should. Uh, I, I'm encouraging you to be a mentor. Yeah, I, uh, I, I should do that. I am <laughs> part of the veterans program. Oh, are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah. done that for like about five years. Oh, it's really, yeah, it's yeah. a great program. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think that, uh, and then, you know, honestly, the guild is there. Uh, to help you manage the bureaucracy of your healthcare and your pension. There's an interesting thing that happened on Twitter uh, a few uh, months ago. A writer got dropped from her healthcare and she, her kid was sick and, and she went on Twitter to complain about it. And somebody flagged me in this Twitter post, you got to do something about this. And, uh, and she had earned enough to get her, 
her uh, health care, but uh, the employer hadn't paid their contribution. Oh. So she fell out of health care. And she went on Twitter and was complaining about the guild. How can they do this? And and somebody, I picked up the phone, I called the guild, and they, they fixed it in less than a day. And if she had called the guild <laughs> or called me, you know, all the all the board members are completely available through email, through the board, for the guild website. If she was having trouble getting the right person, the guild, I knew who to call, and I called them, and they took care of it because, you know, they got a commitment from the employer to pay the fee, and so they re, they gave her back her health care. You know, that's the thing that I that I take such pride in as a member of the board is that a guild member reaches out to me with a complaint. Uh, I, I I might not have the answer, but I know who to call. Mm-hmm. And the guild is is pretty good about handling member problems. The issues often are uh, a lack of of communication, and uh, I, I always encourage members. You know, just. Call me, email me. I, you know, if I can't handle it, I know who to. And and my interaction with the staff is always great, and in, in terms of their response to problems. Congratulations, thank you, and uh, good luck. And believe me, we're all rooting for well, you. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Right. And as a a member of the Writers Guild for, uh, let's see now. <laughs> 42 Holy years. Holy shit. Yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't. Yeah, you yeah. can say it. Yeah, <laughs> 42 years. I am very proud to be a member of the Red Thank you. Guild. We're proud to have you. Have. We're Thank proud you. to have you. Thanks. Thank you. And that will do it for episode 40 of Hollywood and Levine. Again, thanks to David Goodman, and best of luck in his new role as the president of the Writers Guild of America. Our thanks to Adam and Susie Meister-Butler, Howard Hoffman, John Wolford, and Randy Thomas. If you want to get in touch with me for any reason, you have any comments, uh, any suggestions, whatever, you can always email me at hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. Again, that's hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ken Levine. I certainly would appreciate a five-star review. For whatever reason, it helps get listeners. I will see you again next week. Thanks again so much for listening. Bye-bye. Hollywood.